welcome to our women's meeting. There are a group of women and some men. We are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God. And we are meeting here to do that together. We are joining our faith together. Paul said that the mutual faith of you and me would comfort us both. And that's what we're going to do today. You know, I can tell when there is faith. I used to look at Dole when, when he would say that, and I would think, how do you know? Well, we know by the Spirit. And I'm learning more and more how to walk in it. Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our eyes. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting. Your spirit, your spirit of grace. What we didn't ask for and what we don't deserve, but you do anyway. Father, I thank you for that spirit of grace on this meeting and that all we see is Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. We are talking about, we are looking at how Jesus did it. And we're going to begin by going to 1 John 2, 6. And we're going to go ahead and get in the word. 1 John 2, 6. And it says in verse 6, he that saith, and this is the apostle John speaking, he that saith, he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk even as he walked. If we say that we abide in Jesus, if we say that we are walking with Jesus, that we are abiding in him, then we have to walk as he walked. We have to do it like he did it. We have to do it like he did it. And the beautiful thing is that the flip side of it is that if Jesus said we have to do it like he did it, then we can. Then we can. Not only can we, but the weakest of us can, or he would be unjust, and Jesus is not unjust. All right, let us go to John 13, verse 6. I get thanks, Jesus. I get thanks, Jesus. And it says this verse, verse 16. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither is he, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Look at that again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. The Lord, the servant is not greater than his Lord. That means that if we think that we can walk in the power that Jesus walked, but don't do it like he did it, we are saying that we are greater than Jesus. We are saying that we are greater than Jesus. And that cannot be. So we're going to look today on how Jesus walked with prayer, how he did it in prayer. Did you even know that Jesus had to pray? 
Did you even know it was necessary for him? Well, the first thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at, look at who he prayed to. So let's go to John. And if you have your Bibles, please go with me. And if you don't, that's why I'm doing this. So you can follow along with me. We're going to go to John 17. And we're going to go to verse 1. We're going to find out who Jesus prayed to. This is one of the, I think, one of the most beautiful um, scriptures in the Bible. And it is Jesus praying. And I'm going to begin. These words spake Jesus, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, whoa, whoa, Father, the hour is come. Father, do you see that? Do you see that? Jesus looked up to heaven. He was here on earth, looked up to heaven and said, Father, Father. Now, for all of those that have been brought up under the doctrine that the Father and the G Jesus are the same person, then who is Jesus praying to? Why would he even pray? Is he praying to himself? No. No. It says right here, Father. Now let's go back and look at that verse. It says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son may glorify thee. Isn't that beautiful? He said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son. How is he going to glorify him? By raising him from the dead. That thy son also may glorify thee. And how does that, how does the son glorify the father? How does the son, how is he going to glorify his father? Every sin Jesus is going to take. He is going to take the sin of the world. Every sickness, every pain, every curse, Jesus is going to take on that body. And he is going to have it judged. He is going to go to hell for it. He's going to pay. He's going to pay the whole price for our sin, all of it. The whole price. That includes the deepest part of hell. He's going to pay for it all. And he's going to satisfy the father and the father's going to raise him from the dead. And you know what that means? Jesus gets all the glory. Jesus gets all the glory. And he gives it right back to the father because it's the father that sent him. Oh, when you see the relationship between the father and the son, how they loved each other and how they loved us, and what they did and they worked together to get us free. Now, let's go, let's take a look at this next one. We know that Jesus prayed to his father. Now, I want to prove to you that Jesus and the father, to settle it in your hearts, I'm sorry, my mouse is kind of there, to settle it in your hearts that they are not the same person. I want you to begin in verse 20 with me. It says, neither pray I for these alone. This is Jesus praying. He's praying to the Father. He said, neither do I pray for these alone. He's talking about the 12 disciples. But for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. And look at 21. That they all may be one. 
as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. And that's when everybody says, oh, see, they're the same person. No, you better read on. Read the whole scripture. Father, art in me, I in thee, that they also may be one in us. They also, that's us. We are the they. They also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. I don't know about you, but when it is written that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, and they also may be one in us, as far as I can tell, and as far as I know, I am no God. And I am not part of the Godhead. But Jesus said that they may all, all of us be one. What does that one mean? It means we all agree. It means we are together in the spirit. You know, there is no conflict ever. There is never any conflict between the Father and the Son. They agree together. There is never a problem between them. And you know what? That's what Jesus wants for us. He wants us the same oneness, the same partnership, the same spirit that Jesus and the Father are that we are too. It says, it is written, that we can be just like Jesus. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. Now let's go to the verse next verse. I want us to go to Jesus praying, and we're going to go to, uh, let's see, let's go to Mark 1. Mark 1, and we're going to go to verse 32. Verse 32. This is Jesus. Now, he had uh, just healed the Simon Peter's wife's mother of a fever. And then verse 32, and at evening when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and all that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils. Look at that. This is his first day on the job, basically his first day in this ministry. And he says, when the sun did set, he brought unto them all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of divers diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. And look at this next verse, verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out departed into a solitary place, and there prayed, and there prayed. Isn't it amazing that after all these miracles that Jesus did, he had to get up early, it says very early, get out by himself and pray, and pray. Did you even know that he had to? 
And you know, if he got up a great while before day, then he was praying from that time forward. He didn't pray for 10 minutes. The Messiah, God's son that came in the flesh, laid down all his godly abilities, but had his spirit, the spirit of Jesus in him, came down to earth and had to pray. He had to. After all those miracles, he had to go pray. Why? He had to get filled up again with the Spirit. Just like we have to. We have to be filled with the Spirit. And we do that with prayer. We, we do that with praise. We do that with singing. But we have to stay filled. And Jesus had no godly powers. He had to walk like we have to walk. If he didn't, then he would be unjust. And he had to get filled up again. Isn't that beautiful? And he had to pray for longer than 10 minutes. I want to interject th this here because I heard this and it blessed me. The, they were interviewing the grandson of Billy Graham. And the grandson was getting ready. He was a young man. And he had graduated college and he even had his own church for a little bit. But the Lord had directed him to lay down his church and to go work for Billy Graham's ministry. And he did, and he went to see his grandfather, and he said, this is what I believe God is telling me what to do. And the grandfather thought for a little bit. He said he was quiet for a while. And then he looked at him, and he said, all right, I believe that's God. You, you know, you're welcome to join us. He said, but I want to give you a piece of advice. This is Billy Graham. I don't think there's a person in America that doesn't, hasn't heard of Billy Graham. Billy Graham telling his own grandson, he said, I have a piece of advice for you. He said, now listen close. He said, I wish I'd have prayed more and preached less. That's Billy Graham talking. I wish I'd have prayed more and preached less. He said, I would have gotten more people born again. Amen. Amen. Jesus had to pray. And if Jesus did to do the miracles and walk in the power that Jesus walked in, then we're going to have to do it like him. We're going to have to pray. Now, let's go to Matthew 14. And we're going to go to verse... Let's see, I'm going to go to 22. I just want to reiterate this. Oh, lost it. Hang on just a moment. It has done that for me before. Just give me a second here. Matthew 14, okay, we got it. But we don't have me. There we go. Forgive me. Oh, there I am. All right. This, this thing doesn't work always wonderfully. I'm going to stop share for just, forgive me. This is, I just want to make sure that you're with me when I go here. Yeah, you are. Okay. Now, verse 22, I, I guess the devil doesn't want us to look at this. 
It says, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he had just spent the day with the multitudes and with all his disciples. And look what it said. So the first thing he did was he sent the disciples into a ship and got them going to the other side. Then he sent the multitudes away. And look what he did next, verse 23. He said, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When evening was come, he was there alone. He was there alone. Jesus went to pray alone. Jesus, our Savior, our Messiah, had to get away to pray alone. Well, if, if Jesus said to walk like he walked, we got to do it like he did. We're going to have to spend time alone in prayer. Alone in prayer, Jesus talks about going into your prayer closet, getting away from everybody else where nobody else can hear you, and talking to the Father alone. Alone. And you know what? It's beautiful. It says, and the Father that sees in secret will answer. There is no greater time, no greater fellowship than when you are with the Father and the Son alone in the Spirit in prayer. Some days it is joyous, some days it is travail, but it's still with you and your fellowship with the Father and the Son. This, when we started this meeting with prayer for Doyle, you know, there are times where it is grievous, hard travail. And there are times when you know that your faith is working and it's joyous, but your faith is still overcoming. That's beautiful. Both of them are necessary. I'm glad today was a little more fun. Now, let's go to Luke 6. Oh, it's not going to, there we go. Luke 6, verse 12. It says, and it came to pass that he went out unto a mountain to pray and continued in prayer all, no, continued all night in prayer to God. I'm going to look at it again. It came to pass in those days he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his 12 disciples. And of them, oh, he called unto him his disciples and of them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles and when it was day he prayed all night he called unto him all his disciples and of them he chose 12 unto whom he also named apostles do you get that he had to pray all night our messiah our example to get the ministry that god had allotted him he had to pray all night all night this is our Savior. You know, we, I always thought when I grew up that, that, that he didn't even really have to pray, that it was just all laid in front of him, and I was wrong. If we are to walk like Jesus walked, we are going to have to do it like Jesus did, and there are times, there are times when you're going to pray all night. And he prayed all night here to, to know who the Father wanted as the 12 apostles. 
He had a whole group of disciples that followed him. They followed him from the very day that he was baptized in water. It says that in Acts, that there was a group that was with him from that very first day. But there were 12 that the father wanted as apostles. And Jesus had to pray all night to get to where he knew the 12 that the father wanted. And you know what's interesting? Another side note here. It talks about just in the chapter before this about Nathaniel, that Jesus, um, that, that, that uh, I think it was one of the apostles, it was either James or John, brought Nathaniel to meet Jesus. And when Nathaniel met Jesus, Jesus looked at Nathaniel and he said, Aha, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Jesus said that Nathaniel had no guile in him, no deceit in him. But isn't it amazing that Nathaniel was not one of the 12 apostles? Folks, there is hope for all of us. Nathaniel was the only one that Jesus said, this man has no deceit in him, but yet he was not chosen as one of the apostles. God knows. God knows what job each one of us have, and each one of us have a position in the body. Every one of us, from the greatest to the least, has a position in the body of Christ. And that position we are made for and nobody else is made for it. And that's the position we want in. We don't want any other position because we wouldn't fit. But there is a place where we fit. And you know what, Nathaniel had a position, but it wasn't as one of the apostles. He had a position that he fit. And you will see his name mentioned throughout the, the four, uh, four Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen? Now, let's go, let's go further. Jesus praying all night. And now look at something simple that Jesus did. I want us to go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26 and verse 36. And it says, then come at Jesus with, um, no, that's not where I want yet. Matthew 26, whoops, 26, forgive me. There, this is at the Last Supper. Verse 26, and as they were eating, look at this, Jesus took bread and blessed it. Simple, simple. Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples. And said, take, eat, this is my body. A simple thing. Jesus took the bread and blessed it. Jesus blessed his food. It, it, the, when he fed the 5,000, the first thing he did was he blessed the loaves. When he fed the 7,000, the first thing he did was bless the loaves. Do we bless our food? Do we do the simple thing of blessing our food? You know, it says, if we were to walk like Jesus walked, then we need to do the things that Jesus did. And he blessed his food. Now look at the next one in this verse. And then verse 27, and he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave thanks. He gave thanks for the cup. And he gave it to them and said, drink you all of it. Drink you all of it. Drink you all 
of it. In other words, everybody drink from this cup. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This cup is my blood in the New Testament. This cup is my blood in the New Testament. Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross. Jesus knew that his blood was going to be shed. And what does he do with the cup? What does he do with that cup? He gives thanks. He gives thanks. He is getting ready to pour out his blood through torture. And he picks up the cup. And he gives thanks. You know, we need to do the same thing. There are times when we do things that we don't want to do, that we know are either going to be painful in our hearts, painful in our souls, but we need to give thanks. We need to give thanks like our master did. He gave thanks for the cup. How could he give thanks? Knowing what that cup was. Because he knew he knew that shedding his blood was going to get you and I justified. It was going to get you and I forgiven. It was going to give you and I redeemed from the powers of Satan. And it was going to give, get you and I sanctified. That's why he could give thanks. Oh, the love of God. Oh, the love of Jesus the love of Jesus for you and I, he could give thanks. Now, I want to go to the scripture, John 17. I'm sorry, John 12. John 12. And we're going to go to verse 27. I have shared this before. This is some of my favorite scriptures because you see you see the humanity of Jesus. You see the real person in him. It says, I'm going to begin in verse 26. Jesus said, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Let, me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now look at verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I into this hour. Jesus knew, knew what was coming. And he said, what do I do? Do I say, Father, save me from this hour? He, he said these beautiful words, but for this cause came I to this hour. He knew from a young man that he was going to the cross and it's getting closer. Now look at this next verse. Verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. A simple prayer in front of all the disciples. Four words, Father, glorify thy name. Oh, the depth of those four words. The depth, the width, the breadth of those four words, Father, glorify thy name. Simple prayer, so powerful. 
Father, glorify thy name. And look what happens with a simple prayer. He didn't go on for 30 minutes. He just prayed four words. Father, glorify thy name. And then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Can you imagine? Can you imagine hearing the voice of God? The world heard the voice of God when Jesus came up out of the water, being full of the Holy Ghost. The world heard, they heard Jehovah speak. Everyone heard. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The first time the whole word, world heard him speak. And now he speaks again. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people that stood by heard it and said it thundered. Another said an angel spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Simple prayer. But the whole, all those around them heard Jehovah speak. Isn't that beautiful? Now we're going to go to the last prayer that we have recorded of Jesus before he went to the cross, and that's Gethsemane. And I want us to pay attention to a couple things about this prayer. And this is Matthew 26 is the one I'm going to. Matthew 26. Verse 36. This is after the supper. This is after Jesus took the cup. This is after he took the bread. And they go into the Garden of Gethsemane. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. So, and then he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be sorrowful and to be very heavy. And he said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. So he first sets his, uh, his disciples there, and then he only takes with him Peter and James and John, and they go a little further. And then he sets Peter, James, and John in a place, and then he goes a little further from them. And then it says, he went a little further, fell on his face, fell on his face, fell on his face. How can you say that Jesus was a God when he goes to pray and he falls on his face? He falls on his face. Thank you, Jesus. It says, my soul is exceeding heavy and sorrowful. Jesus falls on his face in prayer. 
in prayer, fell on his face and prayed to the father. He said, oh, my father, oh, my father. You know, he's your father too, because of what Jesus is getting ready to do here. He said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Oh, my father, if it be possible. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. Did not want to go to the cross. And it says, even unto death, Terry, uh, he said, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, verse 40, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, isn't it amazing? It's Peter he's talking to. Peter, what, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Do you see what that prayer will keep you out of? It'll keep you out of temptation. Oh, it is so much easier to walk in the spirit. It is so much easier when you can walk in the spirit. Everything is designed for you. Everything is laid out. All you do is follow the spirit. But here, Jesus said to Peter, can't you just pray one hour? Let's go back. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed saying, oh, my father. If this, cup, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Second time. Do you mean to tell me Jesus didn't get it done the first time? You mean to tell me there's a second time? You mean our Savior? You mean our Messiah? Now has a second time he had to go pray these words? And then verse 43, and he came and found them again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again, praying the third time, saying the same words. The third time, saying the same words. And then it says, verse 45, he cometh to his disciples and said, sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray you, betray me. Three times our Messiah had to pray. And it looks like he prayed for an hour, three hours. At one, one of the, the, the scriptures about this garden of Gethsemane is he sweat as if it were drops of blood. He was in such agony praying through. What was he praying so hard for? He had to get his flesh ready to go to the cross. He says it in the beginning, if you can get this cup off of me, if you could take this cup, this cup, this crucifixion off of me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He had to get his soul and his flesh in line. Oh, when you can understand this, our, our resurrection, our the, the, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection. It was one in the garden. It was one in the garden. That is where the soul 
and the spirit fought, fought until the spirit won, until Jesus had the ability, had the heart, had the soul, had the faith to go on to the cross. It was one in the garden. It was one in prayer. Do you see that? The victory of the resurrection was won in prayer. It was won in prayer. You will know this as we walk, and some of you, a lot of you probably already know, it's won in prayer before you see it manifest. You have to overcome the situation in prayer. You have to pray the victory through before you even see it. That is why Jesus gave us the gift of tongues. Romans 8 says that if we don't know what to pray for as we ought, then the Spirit will pray through us and it'll pray, it'll pray, the, it'll pray the will of God. That's why in the beginning you hear me praying for dual in tongues, because I pray the will of God. I want the will of God. Our victory just like Jesus's victory will be won in prayer. And Jesus, after those three times, it says in one of the versions, it says, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. There is your travail in prayer. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And a sweat was as a drops of blood, but he prayed it through. The victory, the resurrection, being raised from the dead was won in the garden. Thank you, Jesus. He won it in the garden. And when he knew, when he knew, when he knew he had prayed it through, then he stood up. And he told Peter and James and John, go ahead and sleep. It's done. It's done. The victory was won. And he could go on to the cross. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that help your heart and your soul? Oh, it does mine. It does mine. And you know what it says? If we say we abide in him, then we got to walk like he walked. Thank God we don't have to go to the cross, but there are victories that have to be won in prayer. They have to be won in prayer. The testimony, what I remember is when I was in Frisco and it was in, uh, I believe it was, it was 2006 and things were going downhill fast. And God led me in prayer, led me to bind witchcraft. And not just one time, day after day after day after day and night when we were meeting in, in the, the sanctuary, there were times when Dole would say, let's just pray. We wouldn't sing. And I would be there binding, binding witchcraft, binding and praying in tongues as hard and as hard and with all the faith I had. And there was that time that Dole walked over with me and I was binding witchcraft. And I was praying in tongues and he walked over and I, I remember I finally had to shut my eyes because I was so much louder than everybody else. 
And I thought I could feel all the people just looking at me like I wish she'd shut up. But you folks, I needed a victory. I needed a victory. And I finally came to the place I didn't care what other people thought. I had to have the victory. And I think it was two weeks. And I remember the night we were at Water of Life and I was praying with everything I had. Everything I had. And Doyle walked over and he didn't pray for me. He just stood next to me and prayed. And we, I joined my faith with his. And you know what? I knew, I knew when I got the victory. I knew it. I knew it. And then my spirit was done. I didn't pray like that anymore. Do you know I didn't see the manifestation? I didn't see the victory. I didn't see the manifestation of it till two weeks later. And I'll be honest with you, when it happened, I didn't even see what it, I didn't even see it as the victory. I thought it was worse. I thought it was something worse, but it wasn't. Not long after that, I saw what God was doing. He was delivering me. He was delivering me. He was delivering all the things that we were involved in. He was delivering and God showed up. We win the victory in prayer. Amen. And I want to pray for you. If you need prayer, and we are all going to pray together. If you need prayer, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to deliver some today. We're going to deliver of torment. Anybody that has torment, I want you to raise your hand because we're going to pray for torment. I know Dole has mentioned that a couple times. You know why? Because the spirit's after torment. The spirit is after torment. That's why Dole mentioned it, and that's why God put it in my heart. It's the spirit that does the work, not Dole and I. It's the spirit. And I'm going to pray for those that have torment. Right now, if you have it, I want you to raise your hand, Father. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the victory of the cross. I thank you for the blood that was shed. Father, I thank you for the blood that was shed. I thank you it was shed for us all. And we are all joining our faith together for these brothers and sisters that need to be delivered of torment. Father, I thank you now that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the spirit that delivered him from torment. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. That power is on them now, delivering them. Yeah, delivering. Yeah, I got you, devil. I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. You will not stop this. I bind you, you wicked spirit. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. You are delivering them now of this torment. Father, I thank you. You are delivering them now from this tormenting spirit. I thank you. You are delivering them now from this torment. This torment, I break your power over them. I loose them from this torment. I loose them. I loose them. I break that power over them now in Jesus.
Jesus' name. I break the power of torment over them now in Jesus' name. They were paid for. They were bought with the blood of Jesus. I loose them now from this torment. I loose them. I loose them. I break the power of the devil over them. I break the power. I break the power. I break the power of the spirit over them. I break the power of this spirit over them in the name of Jesus. I break this spirit power over them in the name of Jesus. I break the power of torment in the name of Jesus. I break the power of torment in the name of Jesus. I loose them now. I loose them. I loose them. I loose them. I loose them in the name of Jesus. I loose them. I loose them. I loose them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I loose them. I loose them in Jesus' name. Come out of her. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. Come out of her, you wicked, tormenting spirit. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. 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 Go! Go! Go in the name of Jesus. Go, 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 go in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you. I thank you. They were bought with the blood. I thank you. I thank you. They were bought with the blood. I thank you. I thank you. Satan has no power over you anymore. Amen. He has no authority over you anymore you were bought you were paid for you were redeemed by the blood of jesus you don't have to put up with the devil one more day not one more day amen amen let me know how you're doing let me know what's going on love you see you next week Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kd.com 
www.wol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.